Hey everyone, welcome to episode 21 of the Design Details Podcast. I'm Brian Levin. <laughs> we can officially drink now. I'm Bryn Jackson. What? We're 21. <laughs> oh my god, that's so embarrassing. Speaking of drinks, this week we're talking to Ben Chen. He's the founder of Boba Guys and Tea People, and he brought us tea beer with wine grapes in it. The wines was in the tea, which was in the beer. And it was delicious. It was pretty great. By the way, you can catch these episodes live. We are on Periscope. Uh, you can follow us there, Design Details FM. We stream Mondays and Wednesdays around 7.30 p.m. Pacific time. So if you'd enjoy watching the show live, unedited, unfiltered. And see the back of mine and Brian's heads and, and the, the guests, <laughs> part of their face. Yeah, we're figuring out, guys, we're figuring out the audio and the video, okay? But it's fun uh, and you can ask questions on the show. And sometimes we'll have people like Mark Hemian being the cameraman. Yeah, so it's always fun. Pretty cool. Uh, otherwise, follow us on Twitter or just hit us up if you have thoughts, suggestions, comments. We're at Design Details FM on Twitter and we love to hear from you. Before we get into episode 21, thank you again so much to iconfinder.com for sponsoring this episode of Design Details. Iconfinder has the largest library of premium vector icons anywhere on the web. They have over 500,000 icons and they're actually set to add over 300,000 more this year, which is just an insane number of icons. But really the cool thing is they're evolving with the times, right? Like, so the Apple Watch comes out and they're gonna have Apple Watch icons. So whatever project you're working on, they're gonna be your go-to source for icons. They come in all shapes and sizes, all file formats. So they're gonna work no matter what software you're using to design. Uh, you can drop them into any of your project files if you're just wanting to throw them straight onto uh, to an app you're working on. And they have a really wonderful service called Icon Finder Pro. And if you use the promo code ROBOT, that tells them that we sent you there. And it'll give you 50% off your first month of the subscription. So it's a great service. And 50% off your first month for like a few bucks is... It's like $9. Yeah. It's an awesome deal. Not a big deal. And so very worth it. Probably my favorite thing about Icon Finder, which I don't think they they say too much is that 70% of the money that goes to the icons actually goes back to the icon creator. And they work with some really talented designers. It's, yeah. it's not just outsourced. Right. So you're not spending your money on some cold corporation. Like these guys are actively supporting the design community. They're pretty uh, dope. They're our Copen homies. They are our Copen homies. We should make shirts that says Copen homies in like really bright cartoony text with like the outline of uh the netherlands behind it. so and and back to the ad so if you need icons go to iconfinder.com sign up for iconfinder pro and use the promo code robot thank you again so much to iconfinder.com and with that let's get into episode 21 with bin chen you're weird am i weird ben you're a little bit weird so we're drinking something very interesting this is the first time that our beer is associated with the actual show and i'm very excited yeah, about it tell us what we're drinking on this Labelless bottle. <laughs> All right, it's moonshine. So, yeah, this is totally moonshine. This is a uh, this is a collaboration between Tea People and Black Sands Brewery. They're a uh, upcoming brewery that's going to be opening in the Lower Haight. So it's a French saison with some citra hops and uh, a little bit of Muscat oolong. So we've brewed the Muscat oolong super super steeped. So Muscat oolong has Muscat grapes in it. Exactly. So this is almost like can, if you can imagine a beer and a wine 
and then a roasted oolong tea all together. And it's a little bit on the sweet side. So I drink that muscat oolong a lot, <laughs> like all day long. So I was very excited when he told me that they made a beer with it. You guys are the first ones to drink it outside of Boba Guys. So <gasps> the first, <laughs> the first feedback. Yeah. Yes. And it's very, very good. I like this yeah. a lot. Cheers. Yeah. And we're working on, um, they're helping us put uh, tea on tap. Um, so we bought this kind of nitrous system. And um, so hopefully it's going to be really heady and foamy and maybe a, a new way to enjoy tea. So we're kind of, kind of working on that right now. So I think there's, there's a lot of similarity between like beer and wine. And those are like kind of the two things that I like a lot. You know? Tea on tap. That's a, that's nice. I like that. That's, it's got a nice ring to it. Tea on tap. Okay, so the first question we always ask is, what are you working on right now? Um, I'm working on Boba Guys like almost always nonstop. I, I recently quit my job at uh, Timbuktu. So I've been working there for five and a half years. And that's a, the bag company. That's right. It's, a messenger, it's a messenger <laughs> bag and backpack company. And uh, so I was responsible for all the, um, all the branding, all the marketing, all the graphic design, um, any campaigns. Uh, I worked with the product designers on direction for, for product and um so i did it all i was basically the in-house everything um and so the way they advertised it to me was like hey did you ever want to run your you know a, an entire creative department and uh, i was like yeah you know i was like 26 at the time you know i was like of course and uh, what they didn't tell me was that you know you're the only guy in the department and so i did i did literally everything um and i worked with a developer i didn't do all the back end but yeah, I learned everything and I learned how to do it. All of it, running photo shoots, you know, casting models, pushing code. So, yeah, it's kind of where it's a pretty diverse. Uh, that is awesome. Yeah. That is so cool. Yeah. And it's helped me, uh, helps help me be more well-rounded. Now that I'm doing Boba Guys, I can actually lead a team as opposed to doing it all. And so I'm, I'm at that age now where I'm kind of grooming the next generation because everyone's kind of passing me by in, in the design world. So I'm, I'm moving more into general management. And the latest thing that I've been working on is this thing called T-People. So it's like an offshoot of Boba Guys. And it was kind of, it was devised in two ways. A, because we saw an opportunity in tea because there's, uh, there's not a lot of really cool tea brands that I was like looking into. Um, I'm really obsessed with coffee. I'm a coffee guy first and foremost. And so like I, I, always, have, I always have my cup of coffee in the morning. But this makes so much sense. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I really enjoy my cup of coffee, but I was starting to get into tea just by virtue of Boba Guys. And so I was drinking a ton and ton of tea. And it made sense for us because we were buying pounds and pounds of high quality tea for Boba Guys already. And so we had all this excess inventory, you know? And so I was like, hey, A, there's not a amazing tea company that isn't like all about holistic well-being and all this eastern um eastern medicine yeah stuff. eastern medicine stuff that i'm not really into you know like yes it's healthy and yes it's good for you but at the same time you know it's tea is so diverse our whole thing is that we want to kind of try to change the way people think about tea so just to give you an, an example you know what we're drinking now right it has tea in it but i mean if you like beer then you would actually give tea a second thought same thing for cooking we've been making these really amazing dishes that happen to have tea in it so we'll do like a lapsang sushang rub chicken in the grill we'll start to do a lot of great desserts uh, cooking with matcha there's this whole huge universe that we're exploring now and it's all on the periphery of tea and not really focused on tea so i think there's a lot of opportunity there and we're not so we're not such purists that we're not willing to like cross over and experiment who uh how many people are working on this um so it's kind of a it's kind of a splinter group it's like the same people that work on boba guys 
I've cherry picked a couple that kind of helped me with tea people as well. And so just to give you some background on Boba Guys, uh, for those that don't know, it's a, it's a milk tea cafe, uh, Boba Milk Tea Cafe in San Francisco. We kind of saw an opportunity because to be honest, my, my, my co-founder and I, we wanted to, we were from the startup world too. We wanted to work on another startup but we didn't know what we wanted to work on. We just really liked each other and we liked how uh, we thought, you know, I was the design guy that was very frugal and very, uh, just had a business sense. And he was like an MBA that, that had good taste in design. So we were just, we were a good match. And um, every time we met, we would meet at lunch and we would have like these really shitty boba drinks in our hands, you know, <laughs> and, and, and then we would always rack our brains on and brainstorm on what we wanted to work on. Finally, we were just like, what, why isn't anyone like doing anything in this space? It seems stupid, but like, let's just try it at home. And so the way we got our start for Boba Guys, if I'm being like totally honest, is the first thing is, you know, we watched some YouTube videos on how to make boba milk tea. <laughs> and, oh it was su- and it was super shitty, you know? Yeah. But we actually liked tea enough that we knew how to brew good tea. And so we did that first. And we thought, hey, if there's not a premium version of this, let's let's just try that. I feel like that'd be great for San Francisco. I, I think it'd be great and honest to what we want to drink too. And so milk tea, just for those that don't know, it's a couple of parts, four parts. There's the boba, which is the tapioca balls. Uh, there is a syrup. We make our own homemade syrup. There is the milk part. We use really, really high-end milk, which is Strauss milk. And then there's the tea, which is what our main focus is on, right? So we knew the fir- we had one of those variables, right? And so we had Strauss milk. We knew that was the best. We should start, we should start there, you know? And so we bought some black tea and we tried it and it was like super, super milky. We couldn't really taste the tea. And so the classic milk tea that you get at our stores, it's like this ultra fortified, concentrated black milk tea because we actually had to blend three black teas together to make this super blend that could actually stand up to Strauss milk. It's like, it's really insane. And that's that Boba Guys blend. That's the, the Boba black Guys tea blend. blend number one. So I have that on my desk at work. I love it. It's it's really high powered. It really deserves like a great milk. Um, we use uh, Strauss half and half to go with that. And so that's it's so good. That was our first product. And yeah, and so we, you know, I had a friend that owned a restaurant, a ramen restaurant called King Ken Ramen. You know, we didn't know anything about food. We just had, you know, we'd, we'd practiced a little bit at home and we wanted to try it and test it out to the public, you know. So we, we just started charging immediately. We were just like, fuck it, you know, like, let's just sell it at $4 and see see how people take it. Our first launch, um, we got picked up on Mission Mission, which is a local blog here in San Francisco. And 160 people came in and it sold out. We freaked out and uh, we were like, wow, let's do this every single week. And uh, so we ran it as a pop-up inside of a ramen restaurant. It was just two guys, two rice cookers uh, serving out of the bar. And that's kind of how it all started in 2011. And uh, we've been doing it ever since. You've got two shops now, right? I do. Here? Yeah. So One uh, in Union Square. Yep. And one like a block from Ken Ken, which yep. is the one I always go to. Right, right. The mission shop. Yeah, yeah. We've got two and a couple more. Uh, hopefully on the way, we're waiting <laughs> waiting on the lease. But uh, yeah, I, I think it's going to be a lot more faster build outs now that okay. I just quit Timbuktu uh, last week. So last week was my first real week as uh, as a Boba Guys, actually, full time. Whoa, whoa. But you've been doing Boba Guys for four years? Oh, yeah. So that's the crazy part. So I've actually been working at Timbuktu for five and a half years. And within that time, I've had a failed startup with- Biddenly? <laughs> well, yeah, Biddenly with, uh, hey. <laughs> with your current roommate, my current, AJ. Yeah. So just for uh, context, yeah, I met Bin when I came home one night and he's sitting in the, ro- in the living room 
I'd heard about you a couple times. Yeah. Uh, through the whole Binley thing. Right. He used to sleep in my room. Like, he used to live in my room. <laughs> While it was the you were weirdest. there? I mean, only for a little there was, while. There was, a, there was a time gap. There was a little overlap? No. <laughs> <laughs> Binley was AJ's and your... It was yeah, it was like, a property thing, property right? Thing, yeah. yeah. This will be the one episode that AJ listens to, too. Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it was a great way for us, to for AJ to learn Python and me to get better at my my front end chops. It was the same thing. We saw like some white space in uh, where money could be made in the real estate space. You know, I felt like, I mean, if we're being truthful, like neither of us was like super passionate about real estate, but you know, like any, any really stupid entrepreneur, we thought it was easier than, than it, than it looked, you know? And you so, did a Kickstarter and everything too. Oh yeah. That's crazy. Actually, that's true. It was yeah. a successful Kickstarter. And we actually were, yeah, we launched a successful Kickstarter. I've actually launched two successful Kickstarters, but um, yeah, Bentley actually raised uh, money because our first product was building a beautiful Craigslist um, wizard. So essentially, before uh, recently, Craigslist has banned uh, HTML, but back in the day, uh, about a year and a half ago, they still allowed HTML. And so we basically reverse engineered a website that you would see in modern day because you know how Craigslist is very like kind of stuck in the HTML 1.0 days. And we built a, a Craigslist listing generator that would create beautiful Craigslist ads. And so it would, you know, we built a tiling algorithm that was modeled after Google Images search. Um, we had uh, all of the data beautifully formatted uh, with tables. We had to kind of relearn tables. And there was like, shockingly, a lot of people needed that. And so we got the the Kickstarter funded and that's kind of what, what got our so, start. So what happened? Oh, so what happened? Uh, so we built that. It was successful and uh, it took us longer to launch because um, A, we were kind of inept and we were kind of learning as we uh, as we went. Um, but also, you know, we also, AJ had his full-time job at Google. I was working at uh, Timbuktu and at the same time I was doing Boba Guys. So there was a time where I was doing my full-time job, Biddenly and Boba Guys. Um, <laughs> and so I was So just, you've been working nonstop for the last five and a half years, basically. Yes. I, I mean, I, I come from a long line of workaholics. So it was like, uh, <laughs> it was, it was kind of par for the course. Like I've the always San Francisco hustle. Yeah. San Francisco hustle times two. Hustle. Hustle. <laughs> I mean, this Muscat beer is getting to me. What can I say? It's yeah. caffeine and alcohol and alcohol. Yeah. The thing about, Interesting. the thing about how I was able to do the two though, is because like, you know, at my day job, I'm sitting at a desk and I'm thinking uh, very creatively or trying to at least. But then Boba Guys, you're literally working a different part of the brain and it's so physical. You're like either washing something, you're making something, you're talking to customers. It's like, it's a more like, you don't have time to think. You kind of need to like just act on things. And so it was, I actually was energized by that just because I was sitting at a desk for most of the day anyway. So I would just work all day at the computer and then I would dash to the bar and then I would serve drinks until midnight and then I would do it all over again. So one of the things that stood out to me of about the Tea People site, yeah. which kind of gets on that same topic, where does the experimentation fit in? It's, it seems very experimental and like everything's in beakers and it feels very like scientifically created. It's a really unique feel. It seems more like what coffee culture has been like than a lot of what tea culture has been like. Yeah, I think I think I absolutely agree because like our whole our whole thing is like we want to change the way people think about tea. And so if we're going to do that, we kind of need to throw the playbook out the window. You know, like we no, none of us profess to be like tea experts and like I feel like that would almost be a detriment at this point. You need to know enough 
but not so much that you can't learn new things. And so generally the same the same way Boba Guy got its legs was like, hey, wouldn't it be cool to have horchata with Boba? And boom, you know, like there's like, it's a, a new, oh, you've never had horchata? <laughs> oh, man. So it, Brian just mouths, what's that? <laughs> I'm going to have to come to Boba Guys and just have you walk me through yeah, so everything. I'm, I'm like, I've had bubble tea a lot of times, and I don't like sweet. That's like a whole thing for me, which I'm digging this beer. Good. So maybe that's not a hard and fast rule. I don't know. Maybe it's just I don't like sugar. Anyway, anyway. I don't like bubble tea, really love milk tea i'm I'm kind of like the purist i go in there for like tea and milk and no syrup and no boba that's 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 the way i like it too i like i'll either do it like 25 percent sweetness or 50 percent at, at most but generally like we don't make our money on sweet you know like it's not like that's not what our, our core thing is it's all about the tea and so i i actually I actually have like a secret plan to like slowly um, cut down the amount of the <laughs> default sweetness. You know, it's like boiling a frog. If you do it too too sudden in the beginning, <laughs> I agree. They'll catch that. on, you know. But if you do like a hundred percent when you first start out, and then the next year you're at like ninety five, and people don't really can never tell, you know. And then suddenly they're like, "Wow, my default is seventy five percent, and it's not a it's not a big deal," you know. And so I feel like that's I think it's the right thing to do. It's you know the drink still tastes amazing. You're really highlighting the tea, and and I, I, that's kind of kind of what I can be. Well, it's be cool proud you said of. that because before we started recording, you said you wanted this to be a hundred year company. Yeah, and just what you said is like this really long term plan for perfecting the product and iterating on it. And like, how do you think about where Boba Guys is going to go in your lifetime? Totally. Um, well, for me, I. About three years ago, you know, Bubble Guys was still like kind of a hey, it's in the pop up phase. We could do a store. We're not sure. Like, there was a time where uh, we were going to fold Bubble Guys. It was like right after the pop up, you know, and not a lot of people know about it. But we took a hiatus, and uh, I was working on Biddenly, and I, you know, I was like, you know, I got to be a realist. I think this is probably probably what's going to like, you know take me to that next level whatever that is and i was also maybe um i was also interviewing at a couple places salesforce was one of them where they were like hey we can we can give you this insane job where you would rebrand all of their different product lines into one like uniform like it was a big deal and i was at this crossroads and uh i was thinking about what companies i wanted to join you know there was you know square i was looking at square i was looking at some other companies and i didn't get the sense that you know, I could just sit down and and just really be there for a really long time. I'd already done that with, with Timbuktu, you know, I'd already given the company five and a half years of my time. And so I was like, what's the next thing? And Timbuktu has an amazing culture. We've stolen a lot of the culture from from uh, from Timbuktu actually to Boba Guys. And so I just didn't know what company I could join and be happy. And I thought that, you know, hey, I have a business partner that I really like and, and he's very, he's like me, he's kind of an idealist. And we both loved uh, we we both love Patagonia. We really really love Patagonia, and Patagonia is like the model, at least for me, I think, uh, of building a company and 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 not having to kind of lose your soul in the process. And so, they're not saying that they're doing it perfect right off the bat, but if you look closely at what they do, they're like improving every single year, like either their uh, their standards or how they treat their internal employees or how they treat their customers. Um, 
they're just constantly like this kaizen thing where they're just like over and over and over getting better and better and better and it's like insane and i think that's probably passed down to their employees you know so once chenard like call you know hangs it up i think i think the company will probably still live on and i think at boba guys at least yes it's just a a cafe but you know i get i get all these young kids in and it's it's like this is this is like a new thing for me like leadership at a level where you have to deal with kids that are still very emotional and are going through you know college you know there's a lot of new stresses that they haven't dealt with and so i always give this like funny analogy like i'm i'm i feel like i'm like like an NCAA women's basketball coach in a really, really small division. You know, it's like this, it's like this league that not a lot of people care about, uh, but people that do are super, super passionate about it. Right. (laughs) And so I, (laughs) and then I'll, you know, I'll get, I'll, sometimes I'll get this, like this Cheryl swoops kind of character where they're like a a gem, you know, and we're like, holy shit, this woman can really shoot, you know? And I want to, I want to hold on to her, but I know I can't because, you know, in four years she's going to, or two years or whatever years she's going to graduate college. She'll move on to her real career and that'll be that, you know, and I'll be, you know, I'll be, I'll be thankful that I I got to coach her at least. But what I've found to be really fulfilling now that I've been doing this for about four years at Bubble Guys is that I'm starting to see alumni graduate and they're moving on and doing really, really amazing stuff, you know? And, um, and I, hopefully that they'll look back and say like, Hey, yeah, I learned some, um, management skills when I was at Boba guys, you know, I didn't just, cause every time I interview people, I have a lot of criteria cause they can already, they can already work at Starbucks. They can already work at these places where you're, you're just going to do what you're told. But here at Boba guys, I, it, it's really cool to kind of like, you have all this clay and you have the potential to kind of like mold someone into, into, into these, these people that, that you're, you're super proud of. And so it, it's more of a coaching thing. And I think, you know, my dad, my dad likes to coach and I think that's kind of, kind of where I got it from, but it's really, really satisfying to see people. Um, it's just all these cool things and you see them down the road. There's like a, a bubble guys, Nashville pop up right now, which is, uh, one of our very first employees she was uh she left and i thought she was done you know she was one of our very first employees and now she's like hey i want to do bobo guys in nashville are you guys down and we're like absolutely you know we'll like we'll pay for half of it go out there and have fun and now it's like selling out every week and so who knows you know i just don't know and hopefully if i see like these little bobo guys alumni all over the place you know maybe i'll who know i might work for them one day you, you just never know you know so it's like I think that's really, really satisfying, and it's it's really cool to teach. You said you're also sort of designing the culture, and yeah, experimenting with that. Tell me more. This is oh, something yeah. we actually argue about a lot. When we were first talking, you mentioned that a lot of it is around positivity. Buffer has the same culture. They have a hard and fast rule about it, and I disagree with that. We have ten values yep. in the company, and one of them is it used to say always like be positive. Like never complain, never criticize. Yeah. But we sort of reworded it a bit. Now it's like basically try to always be positive and try to never criticize. And I think, I think Bryn, try, try, Bryn, Bryn shakes his head. A little <laughs> bit of that. Yeah. I think, um, you know, definitely, definitely in, in my space at least, because it's like you're dealing with people that are getting, uh, sorry, in the, uh, <laughs> In, in the in the in the retail brick and mortar space which is not uh, very sexy but it, it does give me a new perspective it's like because um, we have such high volumes it's it's easily to get stressed and and we kind of try to interview for these these things when we hire for bubble guys too like 
are one of the big criteria for us is like, can are people self-aware? And I think that's like a really huge thing. And uh, for if you if you're self-aware, then that means you can be taught. And if you can be taught, then that means that you can probably get better over time, you know. And the other thing, the criteria that we have is that it's not necessarily be positive, but we tend to hire um, and self-select more optimists only because there's like, you know, time is short in our space in the brick and mortar and uh, space here. There's not a lot of like individual contributors and at least we're not big enough to do that. Maybe down the road we'll have specialists, but right now it's like a very team-based thing. You know, who who's on your shift could matter uh, and, and change the dynamic a lot. And so on that topic, like <laughs> we kind of make people, uh, I don't know, I wouldn't say make, but everyone kind of opts in on this, uh, this Myers-Briggs uh, personality test. And we do it because, you know, it kind of all folds into the self-aware thing. And if people kind of generally know, well... I'm more of an introvert uh, or I'm more of an extrovert. They kind of know what to look out for and, and how they deal with others. And so from me, from a leadership uh, level, I can start to see like, cause I have to change my tactic for anyone. You know, people have different motivations, people have different incentives. And so if I know more about how they're thinking, it's easier for me to craft uh, a way to motivate them. And everyone's motivated differently that way. When you're hiring people, how do you, question them for self-awareness and identify that like what are the characteristics of someone that has good self-awareness yeah yeah um there's a couple ones i don't want to give away all my secrets but one of them might be like hey you know like if you're say like uh you know say like you're you're at a restaurant and you, you you leave to go to the bathroom you know if uh if i and you were with your friends if i asked your friends like what would they say uh what would they say about you you know, how would they describe you? And generally, like, you know, some 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 kids will say, like, well, whatever this guy wants me to say, you know, like, that's what I'm going to say. But, but some of them give very, very uh, honest answers. And, like, I definitely reward them for that. And I think it's, like, being able to acknowledge good or bad what you do. Because, like, I give feedback and I'm, I'm pretty tough. Andrew's even tougher than me. But if they can understand that it's coming from a good place and it's like, hey, look, we're just trying to all get better then it's easier for everyone to kind of work together. And so we kind of try to shake that out pretty early on. What are, what are some other ways that you're designing the culture? Um, imagine with your background and just everything you've done, mm -hmm. and now you're coming into like the retail space. And what are some of those learnings that you've carried? Yeah, they're... Um, Sorry, this, that was like, that, that was, was really, job that was a question. peak job interview question. Uh, uh, yeah, yeah. Well, I can kind of answer that. I mean... You know, stores aren't really like a like a digital product or a physical product, which I've done before, you know, in my past life. So um, I used to work at an ad agency and I did a lot of campaigns that would just come in and then out the next month. Um, and I've, you know, I've made some physical products as well. For stores, you're kind of designing for like both sides of the fence. So I'm both designing for how the customer feels, especially in my, in my, uh, for boba milk tea. This is a new thing for a lot of people. And so I have that opportunity to be like- Like me. Yeah, exactly, like you. So I could be your first and possibly your last chance to, to try boba milk tea because it's kind of weird, you know, like at first, you know, especially the tapioca. So uh, I, I, I've had it. I just don't think I've had it properly. Yeah, and I think that's, <laughs> and we get that feedback a lot too. They're like, well, yeah, generally I didn't, I don't like this stuff. It's really sweet. They use powders. 
um the boba tastes like crap like there's like <laughs> there's a lot of that uh there's a lot of that uh preconceived uh, mm-hmm. that baggage yeah and so i'm constantly designing for like well hey hey if this is your very first experience what what should this feel like what should this look like one of them like i mean i designed a product early on that that square adopted we're actually really well in it, uh super super tight in with square um we spoke at one of their town hall meetings and we've kind of been doing a lot of beta products and and work, working together on a lot of stuff one of them was I wanted to know what our net promoter score was at Boba Guys, like how people were like, hey, hey, are you having a good experience? Like, how was it? And so uh, I put up a sign and I used Twilio to, to basically, if you text a short code, you'll get served up a, uh, a Google form. And if you fill out a Google form, you'll get a discount, you know? And so I basically get to harvest your feedback and um, Square ended up building it into their, their receipts, which is really great. Oh, another cool thing was that what really convinced them to kind of have we're at square every single week and cater them it's like their opportunity to kind of study us that was something i wanted to talk about i i first discovered you at like startup events i oh. think you were at github one time yeah yeah what? so that's the crazy thing how did you get into all that like that's that that's the amazing thing is that our clientele like it runs anywhere from like startup guy to the Twitch CEO to like this Hispanic lady that doesn't speak any English that wants to order horchata. Like the mission story gets like all walks, and um, you know a lot of a lot of guys like uh, boba milk tea because it's like in the morning. You know we're all alike. We have our cup of coffee, you know, and it's like 120 milligrams of caffeine. You're you're getting going, and then you can't really have another cup unless you want to crash, and so. The boba milk tea, like that's like that's like the perfect thing. We actually launched a product called Pure Milk Tea, which kind of does the same thing in in offices, and that's been catching on like crazy. But you know, also all these tech guys would always come in, and they would get like that that second that second win, you know. So it's like forty five minute uh, forty five milligrams of caffeine, and it's just enough to like get them back in the game. And so through that, they would tell their office managers or the, the people that are running the food program, like, hey, it'd be great to have boba guys cater, you know. Basically, all the all the startups and all the companies, uh, tech companies worth mentioning, we've catered at least a couple of times. And so it's been really awesome. It's all word of mouth. We haven't done any like kind of advertising for that. And so that the catering business alone has been a kind of a big, big deal. And then we took it a step further. We, we launched this product called Pure Milk Tea, which is bottling basically the boba guys drink without the boba. And we've been stocking fridges like at companies. And so didn't you do a sprig thing too? Sprig? Yeah. No, we haven't done Sprig, but we're talking to a couple of companies that I can't mention yet, but we, okay. we may be rolling some stuff out. Talk to me a little bit about the design that you're bringing to Boba Guys, because I'm, I'm looking at your website now. and you The have, branding is so good. The branding is awesome. First of all, I want to hear the story behind this. Aardvark? Aardvark, that's <laughs> the animal. Yeah. Um, but also, like, everything feels so intentional. Like, it's very clear branding, like, really awesome colors and... The just, tea people stuff is really good too. Not to toot your horn too much, Ben, but oh, thanks. <laughs> yeah, uh, Boba Guys was like, like again, like when I was trying to figure out what company I wanted to join. You know, I wanted to, I wanted to design a company that a felt friendly and inclusive, but still shared the same kind of professionalism that you know Blue Bottle has or or Ritual or Four Barrel. So all these like great coffee companies that, that are here in, in, in the Bay Area, you know, we wanted to be on their level, but just for milk tea. And so everything is intentional because it's like kind of like, I feel like I've been training 
for so long to just finally build like a company that I was like super, super into. And now it's, it's playing out where there's uh like, you know, most designers we kind of get bored after a while, you know, you do something for a while and you get bored, but I've found that with Boba guys, I've been able to a, you know, craft the retail experience. I've been able to do packaging through pure milk tea. So the bottling service is going like crazy. Um, I've been able to develop for e-commerce. Uh, I launched tea people. And so there's all these channels that I can kind of focus on and like, and, and the work is kind of endless. And, um, but yeah, so we kind of wanted to be considered in the same vein as, as a blue bottle, but for milk tea. And as, as, in terms of the Arvark, we get a lot of questions about the Arvark. A, I mean, there's a couple things. Like we knew that we wanted to be called Boba Guys early on, you know, and we didn't want our faces on it in case like, you know, down the road, the board like kicked us out or something like that. We don't, we didn't want that. <laughs> and we also didn't want it very bubbly or, you know, cutesy because, you know, we use high quality ingredients and we didn't want to cheapen that at all. I think that was very smart. That, uh, yeah, it doesn't come across that way at all. Yeah. And so, it, but we knew that we're, well, what is that? What does that even look like? We just knew we had a name, right? And so like a design exercise that I like to do is like, well, what would it, what would our spirit animal look like? You know, I started drawing. Um, well, and, Boba and, has a very, well, Boba in general has a very like unique straw. Mm-hmm. And as soon as I saw it, I was like, oh shit. Oh, you made I, the connection. Oh, awesome. Yes, exactly. It. Exactly. So nice. yeah, when you draw on the, I did it in pencil, right? Uh, or sorry, I did it in paper, um, the app. And I was just drawing these like broad strokes and, you know, the straw is long and, when I was drawing it, the, you know, I was kind of drawing a nose and it kind of, that's when it all kind of clicked. And I was like, holy shit, you know, like this is like, I think it was an anteater, but then I started drawing the ears and it was definitely starting to become an aardvark. And, you know, the other cri- big criteria. You know a difference between ant- an anteater? And Honestly, an I'm looking at this creature and I feel like I've never like, even seen whoa. this thing in my life. Yeah. This is I a mean, weird animal. It's, it's the elephant family, right? And so, uh, <laughs> the, uh, yeah the anteater is like, like sure, yes. the anteater is like rodent that's why it's like gross looking like this bald mole thing you know whereas like the artwork's actually pretty cute you know like it's very approachable but w- it's approachable and weird and like actually you know friendly and so we wanted to d- design a company just like that and it was like this is the perfect spirit animal and there's no uh intellectual property around it you know and so like we were able to like kill two birds with one stone and as far as like the treatment goes i was really into the uh o'reilly books as a kid that's exactly what i was gonna say it's like (laughs) looking at well that yeah yeah or like an encyclopedia time looking for someone who could do tattoos that way and i finally found someone in seattle i'm just like this close going to seattle and getting tattoos what are you what are you gonna get are you gonna get an animal no it's a it's a wombat ocean piece oh a wombat <laughs> wombat now i am you can get a koala a wombat dying like drowning <laughs> i read that koalas sleep for 22 hours a day so the Holy crap. only other person than you 22 hours <laughs> sorry got off topic uh that's awesome so yeah it's been it's been a huge branding element it's kind of a a good icebreaker we have it like painted hand painted actually um god it's so cool uh on all of our stores it's like a big friendly insignia that we kind of put up and the third store that we're building in hayes valley is going to have like the those 
I guess this is the first time we said on the radio. Ooh. <laughs> Exclusive. If yeah. only we were real radio. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> but yeah, in Hayes Valley, we have a humongous, humongous wall where we're going to throw up the, uh, the Boba Guys Aardvark and probably do some screenings and maybe some talks there. It'll be a great space. Tell me about, I'm looking at the pure milk tea thing and you have this little badge with the live long and prosper hand symbol. Oh yeah. Yeah. So this, uh, my good friend, Helen, uh, Helen saying she designed that she's an illustrator, fellow Trekkie. She'd always had these really cool, like kind of Trekkie, uh, designs that she did. And I thought it'd be funny to like do the same thing for next level quality. We always wanted to do like, kind of like the next generation. So like it's kind of been our, our kind of seal of approval. And so she knocked it out of the park with that. We put it on almost everything and yeah, it's been awesome. Live long and prosper. Just got an emoji. The oh, thing now, what? really? At least on Apple. Oh wow! Yeah, Apple has it in yeah. all the skin tones, or oh, I think so. I think they kind of have to. I yeah. saw some people doing it. Maybe they copy and pasted it. I don't know. Wow. Let me see. Emoji palette. I'm coming for you. Maybe I'm wrong. I'm probably wrong. I'm I'm usually wrong. Is probably the right way to phrase that. Just walk me back, like go back a little bit to how you got interested in design at all. Oh, wow. Okay. Um, so, by just a little bit, I mean to your birth. Yeah. 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 And then what are your biggest strengths and weaknesses? And why do you want this job? <laughs> Happy Grim. We're back. Thank you. We're back so on much. We're back <laughs> figured it out. You. Finally. Right. No, seriously. How, how did you get into design? Um, I knew, well, early on, I was definitely a big photographer. I always loved photography. And I think that's kind of always been my my strong suit and I lean on it. I mean, if you look at all the work I do for Timbuktu or, or Bobo guys or T people, it's very, very visual and very like photography driven. That's kind of always been my strong suit. So I was always into photography. I was a photojournalist in college. Um, and then I, I, I started, I started off this graphic design. Um, I guess when I was 16, uh, I started building websites cause I didn't want to work for my dad and uh, my first gig, my first paying gig, it was a thousand bucks. It was a big deal. Um, was for a uh, company called Aquazyme, and they do what? they do. What did you just say was that a word? Aquazyme. They do liquid waste disposal, and it was like yes, Ooh, I, fun. <laughs> yeah, it was very sexy. And um, I even edited this video. I told them I could do everything. I could do video uh, back then. Real media mattered, and so I was cutting in. Uh, adobe premiere 1.0 and i was like building this like gurgling streams over like you know f- you know waste being like filtered and, and used and so it was like that was like that was my first paying gig and i kind of got <laughs> i got hooked um and uh you know i did it all i, I don't know if i was cold fusion or dreamweaver at the time but that's kind of like I got hooked, and that's kind of my my first foray into getting it. hooked on dreamweaver is like a whole special talent in itself <laughs> that's actually impressive yeah 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 i i that and dreamweaver i attribute dreamweaver to my really bad like my code like if you talk to aj my old roommate like how bad my my code is it's you should terrible. see aj's code it's fine <laughs> aj aj at least Sick burn aj the one episode you listen to <laughs> throwing down he at least like indents properly you know like i feel like i'm missing tags simple things yeah i'm, I'm missing tags all over the place and I, I really blame uh dreamweaver for a lot of that is because it's like <laughs> WYSIWYGs like really ruined it for me and so like to this day like I still write pretty bad code 
Um, but anyways, that's how I got my start. When I went to college, I was CS first semester, uh, almost dropped out because it was like I was getting crushed. And so I took the easy route and, and enrolled in uh, this sequence called create the creative sequences, which is in the uh, communications building. They have like, it's, it's for advertising. And so I went down the advertising route, became an art director, uh, got a really landed a really sweet job, uh, out of college with a, with an office. I was working on some big accounts. Um, how did you land at an ad agency? What's that? At an ad agency? Yeah. At an ad agency it was, was one of the McCann Erickson, um, branches in LA. And, uh, I landed it cause I actually, I mean, I had a pretty good portfolio and I also had the technical chops to start doing it. I mean, the UT, the program now at you at the University of Texas is not that well regarded, but back in the day, it used to be like really insane cutthroat Lord of the Flies style where, you oh, know, it's better than Baylor. That's true. That's true. Every, anything's better than Baylor, but <laughs> it was, uh, you better, you better settle down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it was like, you know, the program was, you know, they let 150 people in at the beginning and then every semester they fly in these, uh, high-powered ad execs, creative directors, and all that, and they would review your work, and then they would cut half the class every semester. And so you would like you would never get close to people because you were like, well, you're going to be fucking gone. You're going to be gone. And <laughs> oh, so, my God. And That's so, how I'm in real life. Yeah, and so they're like <laughs> training you for real life, you know? And Jeez. like, of course, that's what happened. So when I graduated, you know, I won a couple of print, print awards, um, and I got this really sweet job in LA and I moved promptly out to LA. But what they didn't tell me was that, you know, because you're this art director right out of college, you have this humongous target on your back. And so all those people there have been there grinding for like 10 years. And so I was like this young, like, like hotshot. And yeah. And they, they hated me, you know? And so I didn't like it either. I was like partying really late. Uh, I started like, I was even doing like casting calls because uh, I thought that was like the LA thing to do. So I was like an extra in like Fast and the Furious Tokyo Drift. It was Wait, like, what? Actually? Yeah, yeah. I was like, an extra in it. And then which, uh, which what scene can I see you in? Yeah, well, like you can't because like it's like in this, uh, what they call, I forget what they call the term, but it's basically the stunt scene. There's, there's no major actors. It's not even the main director. It's like the stunt director that's doing the scene when they're doing the driving. And so I'm there with uh, like these, all these other hopefuls. And like, I think I'm like this black, like this black, you know, top of the head on an aerial shot or something. Um, and so you can't really see me, but like, I, I have the stub to prove it. And, uh, uh-huh. <laughs> and uh-huh. it's, yep, sure. Yeah. And, yep. <laughs> but after that, what they, you know, what's really cool about that is like, if you're really into that stuff, they call you like all the time with gigs, if extra work anyways. And so like, I think they had me filed as like some Japanese dude because like I would always, anytime they needed like a Japanese dude, I would get, I would get called, you know, or emailed. And, uh, I was almost going to do it again for this, uh, Clint Eastwood, um, it was like, I forget, it was Flags of My Fathers, and then he did, like, some other some other movie. And, uh, Is that the one where Gran Torino, where he's like, get off my yard? No, no, that one he's happened. Like super racist. That one happened <laughs> afterwards. That one happened afterwards. There was, like, he did these, like, bookended, like, World War II uh, films, and they wanted me. ISO? Yeah. ISO Jima? So oh, yeah, Iwo it might Jima. be Iwo, something about Iwo Jima. And uh, they wanted me to shave my head, and that's the one I was like, nah, I'm done. You know, like, it's not. <laughs> Pass on this yeah, job. Yeah, yeah. And okay. But what was crazy about the Fast Thanks, and the Matt. Furious thing, it. what was crazy about the Fast and the Furious thing is that 
they had a thing that I invented when I was in college uh, and actually saw it in the flesh. And so in college, I had this crazy idea to do, you know how when you, uh, when you're at a, uh, when you have like a wastebasket, you have that foot pedal, right? Right. And it, it lifts the lid. I you invented of, the foot pedal for I've the heard of these things. things. I invented the foot pedal for toilets, and so shut up, and uh, <laughs> dude, I've seen that. Yeah. You invented it. Yeah, well, I had a, I had a working uh, prototype for it in my college dorm, you know, and I and I had a I had a, com- a commode. That's the right place that you need a uh, <laughs> a foot pedal for. Yeah, I was really popular. Uh, toilet, <laughs> and I had I had the thing, and it was like, but Google launched this thing called uh, I don't know. You could search for patents and like. I guess someone told me later that you like you shouldn't even care if they have patents. Like you could always license it later. And so I kind of gave up on it after I found out that oh, this has been done since 1985. I'm gonna get sued, yada yada. But at the Fast and the Furious uh, shooting, they had these um, porta potties. They these like, tricked out porta potties, you know, next to craft services. Tricked out porta potty. And they had the Titles. foot pedal thing, you know. They had the foot pedal thing, and I was like, "Holy shit! This could have been. This could have been me. I could have been like the foot pedal. I could have made a dollar off the foot pedal <laughs> king of Fast and the king Furious king. movies." Yeah. <laughs> so I've had I've had so many failures. Um, but I guess that what was leading up to this was that you know I quit the ad agency job, and um, I thought you know I was going to pursue my real passion, which was to become a film director, and so. Um, there was this company called Vimeo at the time that was just starting out. Yes, we've never heard of Vimeo. <laughs> there's this company called Vimeo, Vimeo. Yeah. Vimeo. <laughs> and uh and they had this uh you know when they were first starting they had this concept this pilot program where they were going to have syndicated television you know that's going to be the future and um so my friend and i uh colin we were going to shoot a web sitcom for it we were like yeah we'll pitch it we have an in because we know this guy ben brown who's internet famous and he knows michael eisner's son which is like the investor of vimeo and so this is gonna this is gonna be great it's gonna be right on his desk and he's gonna be blown away and he'll have to sign us and this is how we'll make a living you know even though we didn't even know how the payment stuff would work or whether you know i was already quitting my job and i was like let's do it you know like i got money saved up and um so that's what we did we would like meet up at a coffee shop we would write and then we would like drink whiskey at night and like write some more and it was like the biggest failure i i guess i guess I guess the most rewarding and, and biggest failure of my life because, you know, I spent three months on this thing. We did all of like re- script rewrites over and over and over on a pilot that was like super short. And um, we didn't really shoot footage until like the, the two days before it was, you know, the, the tape was due. And so what we did was, you know, we had a actor, a legit actor uh, lined up to do the web sitcom. The web sitcom was called Bricked. Um, I have it private on YouTube, so don't try to search for it, but, um, we'll get the link. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, it was about a failed startup and, uh, and I guess it's kind of playing itself now it's self-fulfilling prophecy. Um, but what happened was my lead actor, he like got injured and, uh, I think he broke his foot or something and we couldn't, we couldn't use him. We were like, holy shit, this thing is due. You ruined my Did life. You try to man. use your, uh, your toilet flipper. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and he like totally ruined it. And so I had to get my, uh, I had to get my roommate, you know, and my roommate is not at the time, you know, he's not a good looking dude. You know, he like sells phones at Verizon <laughs> and, uh, you know, he's, so he's like, yeah, be honest about it, yeah. Phones at Verizon are never good looking. Never. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And so I was like, this is all we got, you know, like, 
and the shoot was horrible you know he couldn't remember his lines um he, he, i mean the lines were not very hard we were doing like a line at a time and he was just like totally screwing up on the takes and we were total amateurs he was like improving bro yeah he was freestyling <laughs> and you know our boom mic guy was like really high and like you could high? see yeah he was like totally stoned and you could see him dropping the boom mic into the shots <laughs> like it was like it was a disaster and like we were editing uh the night before it was it, and all the footage was terrible and we ended up basically doing like a mockumentary type thing where like he never had any good takes so we had to basically poke fun at his like outtakes and try to string together something <laughs> that was like oh kind of God. funny and disjointed you know and so we submitted it was super embarrassing i never um you know we never heard back obviously and uh, and I crawled back into the ad agency world, and I did that for a couple more years. After that, my friend, you know, kept with it, and is now like a pretty pretty uh, respectable film editor. He's done a couple shows for The Office mm. and some other TV shows on on like MTV, and he's union now, and so he stuck with it. But for me, I was like, I, that was enough. Like I I learned my lesson. Uh, I definitely suck in that space, and let's just do it as a hobby, you know. So, and then you went to Timbuktu. No, then I went to this uh, this ad agency uh, that worked on automotive accounts, and so I would I would do like these crazy I would pitch these crazy concepts for like car drives, um, like if there was Scion, I worked on Scion and uh, Smart Car in North America. Like, how would they launch it? You know, we'd have like this crazy smart car uh, gallery in Venice Beach. You would come in and look at this art. You would drive these cars like. That's kind of what I did for a really long time. And a lot of it was pitch work and spec work. And, um, you know, I hated it, but I launched this, uh, this blog, uh, this was like six years ago called you might find yourself. And, um, now it's, I think it's got like 90,000 followers on Tumblr, but that's kind of, it was kind of my, my outlet. So I would dump a lot of my, my, uh, you know, they, there was no pocket or Instapaper at the time. So I would dump all the articles I was going to read. I was dump all the inspiration files. There's no Pinterest at the time. So I would dump everything in there and people started like picking up on it and it just started to get a following. And I started working. It actually opened the doors for me to like work with a lot of creative people or at least meet them because of it. How so from your Tumblr? Mm -hmm. You had your contact information and everything. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't have any author information on there. But people like, you know, if they're curious, they like find a way. And so it was kind of this cool thing where I could just like, hey, because uh, I, I typically like this kind of stay in the shadows a little bit. So it was a great way for me to just share stuff out in the open and not have any, um, not have any real vision for it. And so there was a couple of people that, that I've, I've, you know, the King Ken Ramen thing came because of that. There was like a, a lot of stuff. Um, I worked on partnerships in New York because of that. And so it's it's just really opened the doors for me even more so than my like my portfolio or anything. So the the lesson here is to blog more. Yeah, yeah. I think yeah. the lesson is to to blog more or, or write a ton of medium articles or something like that. Well, even we your uh, even this. your Twitter <laughs> account is uh, YMFY, and it doesn't say Bin Chen anywhere. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. I was I was googling for you and couldn't find any of your like yeah stuff. yeah. That's by design. I think why. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. I think like uh, I like to let the the kind of work speak for itself. So if they're like, 
hey, if you've heard of Boba Guys, then maybe you've heard of me. But like, I think it's like, I hope that all the all the projects are like much bigger than than I am. Like my biggest my biggest like hero is like uh, John Jay. I don't know if you know who he, who he is. John but, Jay of like New York that did like the CSI shit. No, no, I don't know who that is. So but it's uh, John Jay University in New York City. Oh, okay, for, okay, for forensic science. I see. My sister wanted to go there. <laughs> that's why i know that bummer now we know safety school <laughs> yeah but uh john jay he's the uh he's the head of wyden and kennedy uh like the most famous ad agency and so they do all the nike work they do all the you know because i wanted i actually wanted to be in advertising and like that was the place to do it and um ironically like you might find yourself actually uh pull together an encounter with him and so i met him in new york um, like he was speaking at a, at a, at a talk. And, um, we, so we were in the, we were in the same conference and we kind of talked and he gave me his card and, you know, I started emailing him like questions all the time. The guy is like, the guy is nonstop, you know, and he also came from super, super humble beginnings. Like he like, like grew up behind a laundromat and like, uh, so John Jay is like been total inspiration. He, and a lot of people, when you say his name, they don't know who he is. But if you say, hey, have you seen any of the Nike work? They're like, yeah, duh, you know? And so, like, Wine and Kennedy is n- another one of those companies where it's going to totally stand the, the test of time because you have guys like John, Joy- John Jay, like, kind of leading in the background. And so, that's kind of how I like to do it, too. It's, like, a little bit just in the, in the shadows, but, like, you definitely know the work when you see it. So, you're the Nike ads of T. Is that the goal? <laughs> I, I think uh, your photos and your whole all your branding work is very very good. Oh, thanks. Yeah, yeah. Like I said, like my my strong suit is just to pay you photography. Very you know, very good. Just a little a little compliment on the show. <laughs> it's pretty dope. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think there's like uh, I've always you know I, I I worked as a photojournalist and that's kind of been my style. So I feel like there's still studio photography that I need to learn. Uh, I I'm pretty terrible with the lights and so. Like, I'm still trying to get better at that. Uh-huh. Well, this is what stands out to me is like, you've tried all these different things. Like, yeah. you've gone from ads to video to photography, branding, marketing, websites, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. And like, do you feel like that's helped you as a designer? Or have you, like, at each point along the way, kind of wished you'd gone a little bit deeper? Or, or how, like, how do you feel just traversing all those different things? Totally. I think... I think um, being a little bit like a generalist is is worked for me because like where I'm at now, it's more of a general management position. And so when you're like, especially when you're a founder of like this really scrappy, you know, company, you have to do everything. I'm I'm there like fixing the toilet and then, you know, like then pushing pushing the new web page for for teaware online that, that night you know so like you after you washed your hands after you've washed your hands and so like you have to you have to be able to do gotta everything. have that san- sanitary website yeah <laughs> aquazyme well he's on a Aquadash computer with his toilet hands <laughs> yeah That's and it's just like it's been great it's uh i think i think being a generalist is like pretty awesome if you can like do it good enough like if it's if you're you should be specialist enough in everything yeah well, exactly what do you think brand generalist or specialist oh that's a whole can of worms dude let's open it what do you think maybe start I what, used do you, to pride what do you pride myself yourself? on 
being a generalist, and then I realized I was bad at everything, and that was my. <laughs> my <laughs> Look at all these things I can do poorly. Uh, <laughs> Yay. Yeah. I tend to be generalist when I have to be. What do you mean? I like to focus on UI stuff, but my first love was like branding. And I know I'm bad at it, but I like doing it. Okay. But generally speaking, it's UI. Branding is so hard. Branding's super hard. You've been working your ass off on the current branding project. Yeah, I love it. Um, but I always try and focus it. Like I always, I think everything should have meaning. I don't think anything should be without meaning. Nothing sure. should be a really random decision. It should be very obvious or like, oh, hey, this is why this is that way. Like it's, it's a very clear equation to get to that point. I mean, product design is like, uh, like forces you to do that, you know, because I mean, I think there's, I, I talk to a lot of digital designers and they do do a lot of arbitrary things where they're like, I don't know. just, yeah, I, I like the look of I it. I can't do it. It, everything it's not art like yeah yeah if, you, if you like the look of it or if you, if it's for self-expression or something you just wanted to do that's that's art to me if it solves a problem and there's a clear reason then it's design exactly it has to be like solving a problem but it yeah. still sounds like in the grand scheme of things you maybe tend towards generalist rather than well you do you I, consider yourself a specialist on ui to, i do it out of necessity because you're at a startup yeah, I'm, I'm the only you designer there. Right. Yeah. But As, you would you would generally want to be a specialist in something? Yes. Um, if, if I could focus on even just like mobile UI, I would be so stoked. Huh. I love working on iOS apps. I love working on Android apps. If I could just focus on that, that'd be great. Wow. Web grinds my gears. Like, I work really hard on it, and I'm like, I'll see people, and I just know I'm not as good as them. Whereas I'm like I'm like the opposite. iOS and Android. I'm like I, I feel like I can so do this hard. like really well. Yeah, like that's a whole. I, other I understand skill, the yeah. rules, but I can also bend them enough because yeah. I know where they actually exist. It's like okay, I know how to make this like avoid the uncanny valley of like trying to be the default, trying to be the standard, but yeah. I also know how to keep it from being like everything's a custom view and pile of shit. <laughs> right. Right. Which is a whole thing. Yeah. Which is I the love battle with UI. every company right now, right? Like, how I like, make this feel native to this platform, but also feel like us. It has to be special. Has to be special. Yeah. Like, seriously, every Twitter, Facebook, it's like, how can this feel at home on iOS, also feel at home on Android, but clearly be Facebook? Like, that's a huge challenge, right? Yeah. yeah. No, I, uh, I've been, like, daydreaming this aesthetic for a while, and I just presented it to my boss today, and he loved it, and I've been super excited. Ah, you'll have to show me. Yeah, it's like fake flat. It's weird. I was going to try and mix that, but... See, like, I can barely... I can I can kind of follow, but, like, even for me, like, I don't even... I can't even get into the weeds anymore about, like, that level of... Well, you've, you've just traversed, and now you're, like, focusing on something else, right? Yeah, I think so. I think so. I think I've already, like, zoomed out enough to where I'm, like, I can't even think about, you know what goes beyond responsive, whatever that might be, you know, like it's, I'll do it because it, that's what my customers want. But like, I can't even, I can't even think about that anymore. Well, is, so in the past five and a half years, you've gone through all these things. Do you see yourself, where do you see yourself in like the next five years? Is it still Boba guys? Is it still managing and, and still doing all the branding and design work or like, where do you want to hone in on yeah. over the course of your career? Yeah. Do you be a manager? Do you want to actually like build everything? Yeah. Cause I feel very like attached to the hands-on thing. 
Right, right. I actually don't. I, I'm learning as I get older that I can relinquish、uh, a lot of the duties that, like, I have to trust that the new crop of designers that I'm going to employ will be able to convey、uh, what what my intentions are. Like, I'm for, just、uh, learning that. Like, that's the hardest thing for me. It's the like, hardest to thing to let go. go oh my god, it's the hardest because it's、yep. your baby, right? Like <laughs>、yep. you. Like we we were two guys in a rice cooker, so it was like really like it was like from the very very sounds like、beginning. a great like nineties sitcom. Yeah, <laughs> two guys in a rice guys, cooker. It's like a very racist sitcom <laughs> and uh, <laughs> a nineties politically incorrect sitcom. Exactly, exactly. That'll be my next okay, web sitcom. Then, I'll reboot that. <laughs> yeah, but I think in the next in the next five years, like I'm definitely by virtue have to be forced and and willingly so into. A more management role, and like that's where I'm, I'm finding, and I'm at that age where like leadership is like starting to become like part of the vocabulary, and I have to figure what that looks like. You're actually that- reading leadership books seriously, <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, yeah, and、uh, and so you know, a lot of people have already stepped into those shoes, and it's interesting because designers are starting to get their shine、um, in leadership roles, and. You're seeing companies like Airbnb and Pinterest and all these other companies that are that are doing quite well because they have designers at the at the at the helm. John Mayta is another guy, right? Where he's right. like, he's Kleiner jump- Perkins, yeah, yeah, he's jumping into the VC seat, and like it's the same thing where we're just like like Bryn was saying, like we're problem solvers at heart. And so when I'm looking at retail and brick and mortar, I'm just solving a problem. Like basically, if I can solve, if I can crack the nut of small business, which was You know, it used to be, hey, a mom and pop shop where you know they saved up a bunch of money and they were going to launch a cafe, and that's the end of it. They put their kids through college and they're done. You know, whereas me, I'm trying to do full stack for small business, and so that means like if I have to create a loyalty app, that's what I'll do. If I have to create, you know, the the reason why we even got into Square and we started serving their weekly is because at their Uh, they had a closed all hands meeting where they invited us to speak there, and I presented this really really janky idea, but I needed it built because I was like, "Hey, I'm going to leave your platform unless you guys build this for me." And so the way it worked was that I was launching a second store in Union Square, and I needed front of house, which is the cashier, to be able to talk to the back of house, which is like the guys making drinks, right? And there's actually a physical distance between the two. There's several feet. Right, and so ticket printers, I felt like were pretty wasteful, and also I didn't have a great place to set、it's、that so up. So old school, like yeah, I used to work in the kitchen. We yeah, had, we had these ticket printers, yeah, and it was and you put it on like a like, like a ticket counter, and it's like super just old school, right?、And、you have to refill it twice a night, and it's ridiculous. Like、yeah. it's a whole process. Yeah, the third, yeah, so it's like a whole process, and it was like so old world, and I was like, okay, guys, I need a iPad to talk to the other iPad, and I needed to work on Square. Are you gonna build it for me? And they're like, "Well, I don't know." Well, I was like, "Well, actually, I already hacked together a thing to make it work." So what I did was I had a, and I'm a, I'm a like a designer, graphic designer first, front end way way down, and then back end way 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 down, right? So I, like the level on competence, uh, like I just get more and more incompetent as it as it goes, right? Exponentially so, incompetent. Exponentially, so. <laughs> Got it. And so, but I hacked it together. It was basically I had a Mac running at home. It had a stored session of、uh, Square's web、uh, web page, and so it was logged in. It had a stored session, 
And I was using, um, because I uh, learned a little bit of Python from AJ when we worked on Biddenly, um, there's a library called Beautiful Soup, which is a like a rudimentary web scraper library that's pretty easy to implement. And so I used that to scrape Square's website, you know, live. And I would basically suck it into a um, database, you know, super, super unsecured database. And from that database, I would uh, pull those values into uh, another web page. And then with Ajax, you could just basically see the orders and it would just ping it like crazy, right? And it would see the orders as they came in and then you could just swipe them. So the back of our house actually had functionality where an order from the front would get sent to my Mac at home in the mission and get beamed up to um, to the back of the house here uh, at my Union Square store. And you could see orders kind of live flow from iPad to iPad. And I knew that it would break as soon as they changed literally anything, right? But it was enough for them to say like, holy shit. This guy's you know, serious about this. This guy's serious. Yeah. He can do it. And they put some engines on it. And now they have, basically, we started beta testing their product, which is now some kitchen display uh, program that they have. And so the applications are, are, are endless, right? Like if you have a food truck, the front of house, and you're way down there taking orders in the line, you're not going to run it up, right? And so there's no connectivity. And so it's a great way for, for you know, iPad to talk to the other iPad. It's like really harder than it, than it sounds. And so they, they built a, a bespoke system that they rolled out. Uh, because of that and so that's kind of how we got to to you know serve at square and we're kind of their guinea pigs for a lot of things how did you even get that relationship though i feel like that's such a like amazing place to be where it sounds like a benefit of being in san francisco yeah do you know someone there uh well i think a lot of their employees came by um and uh there's always it's there's a, like a line out around the corner. Yeah. Every time I go to yeah. The store, it's yeah. Crazy. So there's a lot of their employees that were some of our biggest fans. Um, they just, you know, they just, and the same thing that's happening at Twitter now where they're about to get uh pure milk tea or pure milk tea is about to get signed at Twitter. And uh, so that's going to be a big deal. And we're talking to Facebook, Instagram already. They have uh, the signed. best taps. Are they going to have tea on tap? I, that'd be, they oh. may, they may. And, uh, Dude, and so it's kombucha like, taps what's, what's amazing is like Boba guys is like, just like our, our aardvark and our mission, it's very approachable and it's very like non-threatening. And so like all these startups that don't talk to each other, we're like the lubricant between all of them. And so they're like, we're like harmless. We're like the startup the, lubricant. We're like the, we're like <laughs> the perk that they, you know, all these employees get. And so like yeah. square, it was a big deal to be like, yeah, wow. You guys get free bubble guys every Wednesday at square. Like that was like a big selling point for some people. And, um, and so like, that's how we get all these catering gigs. That's how we sign all these, like Facebook alone. If we finish that deal, like literally I'll have to go to South city, buy a warehouse and like learn how to drive a forklift because that will be life changing. You know, I'll have to do pallets of pure, I'll volunteer to come teach you pure milk tea, you know? And yeah, so like, awesome. that's, that's, wow. that's kind of crazy. At Lowe's. Really? Mm-hmm. What? I feel like I'm I knew that. trucks at 4am oh, in Minnesota. Wow. All winter long. Oh, I didn't know that. Fun. I won some awards for forklift driver of the year for least shit broken while driving. Really <laughs> <fast>. <laughs> the opposite of this. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And the crazy, the crazy thing about like this, this space, this like old world space that I'm working in, which is like retail and like brick and mortar service industry kind of space is that the larger that we grow, the easier it gets actually, because we've built all these systems and it scales. Whereas like in the digital world, 
it scales as well, but there's also added complexity, right? Like you do something and then you have to like, you have to start localizing it, you know, for different uh, languages. You have to start uh, testing it so much with like all these browsers, all these new technologies breaking all the time. Like we don't have that problem. Once we, we plug a, a, a hole, like that thing is fixed. And so but don't you have a different set of problems you're designing? We have, a, we have a completely different set of problems. Right. But so do you feel like yours is easier or just different? I think it's just different, but I think they plug a hole and T comes out a different hole. That's just fluid dynamics. <laughs> ah, wow. This is making so much more sense. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> uh, we're getting close on time. Do you have anything else like you're, you're super passionate about right now? T people's dope. Yeah. T people, T people is dope. dope. Yeah, it is officially dope. dope. Yeah, we have a, <laughs> We, hashtag we're dope is actually T people. <laughs> hashtag. We're dope. doing a lot of fun things because like T people, there's no there's no pressure to like guys, we gotta like make money or this thing will die. Oh, I have a I have a question on this. Yeah. You're using ship for for fulfillment. Oh yeah, I totally am. The first time I got my tea, it came with ship stickers. Oh really? And I was like what this oh is yeah, yeah 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 they basically do their own branding on it but yeah ship has been really it'll be interesting shyp shyp it'll be interesting how this layer shakes out but there's starting to become uh all these like middlemen kind of things that can do fulfillment and honestly i looked at ship station and all these other things where we could package it ourselves but we do high enough volume with ship that it's it's just cheaper actually to have them come pick up the goods and deliver for us. And so it's basically like having um, Amazon, like Amazon prime or one of those guys like, yeah, in reverse (laughs) is in reverse. And so it's really incredible. And, and uh, like it takes off, it takes that layer of like operations away from us. Like, cause that's not our wheelhouse, you know? Anyway, cool um, dude yeah. thanks for spending so much time with us that was yeah great. yeah it was fun thank anything you thanks you wanna, for having me anything else you want to plug besides bubble guys and t people dot us dot us yeah t people dot us yes, i accidentally one. went to the dot co dot uk one. oh no mistake dude, yeah t people gotta work on that they don't know what they're doing yeah we don't know what we're doing either <laughs> yeah like t, <laughs> t people is great because there's no pressure for us to like god we gotta have to make money or we're gonna fold you know because it like kind of is a uh, product line within Boba Guys. And so for us, if we can position ourselves, like it's basically there's tea people and then there's like the rest of the tea industry. And so like it allows us to do things like a beer collaboration. It allows us to collaborate with uh, A-Light on this upcoming uh, tea brewing kit on the go, you know, like camping brewing kit. Uh, the design details exclusive. Totally, exclusive. totally, it's totally under wraps. Got like three today. Yeah, yeah, I'm totally like giving away the farm. Brian's but. always like screaming design details exclusive every time <laughs> we have a guest. He's like, <gasps> we need like. The, they said that they're doing a thing where there's a thing. Well, because you listen to music, and it's like this is a blah 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 exclusive. Oh yeah, You need that button, you know? Sarah, you, can you get us an air horn button, please? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, just overwrite that with actual air horns. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like it should just be that soundbite, you know? Yep, just take Brian's soundbite and do it. Yeah. Done. Well, cool, guys. Thanks cool. for having Thanks me on the show. Thanks for And us, you're yeah. at YMFY. That's right. On Twitter. Yep. That's about it, right? Yep. Play Bubble out the guys. outro music. Dun, 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 dun. Dun.
Hey, we did it. It's episode 21 in the can. We're finished. You're done listening to it. If you this can, is the outro. This is the outro, and if you're still listening, that's because you really like hearing us talk, which means you should rate us five stars on on the iTunes store. Uh, if it Really, if you do enjoy the show, give us a rating. It helps us out, gets us in front of new audiences. Uh, if you wanted to just send us some thoughts or feedback, hit us up on Twitter. We're at Design Details FM there. Uh, yeah. Have we set that up to, to take uh, incoming DMs from everyone? Because we probably should just oh, do that. Oh, no, we should. So, yeah, you can DM so that'll us. So, be, that'll be the thing. That'll be a thing at this point that you're It's not when this. we're recording it, <laughs> but it will be by Wednesday when this comes out. Yes. Uh, as always, thank you so much to IconFinder.com for making this show possible. They are the largest source of premium vector icons on the web. They have over 500,000 icons in their library. They're adding more every single week. Uh, set to add 300,000 more this year. They're an incredible resource. They're supporting the design community. They and they're support- helping teach people too with all their blog posts about what it really means and yes, how to do had Apple Watch icons and everything. That and guide was amazing. So actually, we'll just link to that in the show notes as well. Uh, thank you again to Icon Finder. Uh, they make the show possible. They're really just in love with helping the design community. Uh, use the promo code ROBOT and that tells them that we sent you there. And it'll also get you 50% off your first month of Icon Finder Pro. So thank you again so much to IconFinder.com. See you next week.